listening to the Section 5 Podcast. Alright everyone, welcome back. We're here with Section 5, Episode 7. Um, if you're listening to us, I guess you know where to find us, so I'm not going to go through the whole spiel, but thanks for tuning in. Me, G, Mark, Trey, Adam, we're back in Section 5 Studio on Canal Street um, on Saturday night. Celtics, 15 games into the regular season, coming off the Western Conference road trip. So we got a good rundown for you guys. We're going to talk about sort of our takeaways from the first 15 games, talk about the road trip, um, getting to a little bit about Marcus Smart, some city uniforms, and we're going to kind of land this plane maybe with a little bit of uh, Carmelo Anthony talk and just kind of go around the league. What's up, guys? What's up? What's going on? It's good. All right, all right. So, let's get right into it. Um, Seas just came off a two and three road trip. Um, starting off at Golden State, where I think it was a comeback win. They kind of slept walk through the first half and came back. Then Celtics went over to Sacramento, where they lost on the Marcus Smart floater that didn't drop at the buzzer. Second night of a back-to-back, went out to Phoenix team that was playing really well at the time. Celtics had a great show in there. From then, we went on to the Clippers at L.A., the first um, game of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard playing together. Um, Close game that went into overtime. Um, Seas had a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter and then ultimately went to overtime and dropped the game. And then, two nights later, they went to play at Denver, where unfortunately, you know, Kimber Walker had a really... Uh, scary injury that that we think at this point in time um, he's going to be okay and he should be back on the court sometime soon. So, just starting with the uh, the five game road trip, which I think before the season started we said would be a pretty good barometer of where this team is. Um, I don't think we were expecting to not have Gordon Hayward, and we'll talk about that a little bit. And um, also, we didn't have Kimball Walker for that, you know, three quarters of that Denver game. But all in all, were you guys discouraged or encouraged by what you saw on that two and three road trip? I'm pretty encouraged. Uh, it would look a hell of a lot better if that floater just rolled in, and we're coming home at three and two. It would be it would be great. But as it falls, they're two and three, but. They didn't get blown out in any of those games. They uh, played the Clippers really tough. Uh, they showed some guts against Denver when they came back. Like overall, I'm I'm happy with the team. They hung with the best that the West has, uh, aside from Lakers who we didn't see. Um, but uh, no, no real concerns. I I think they're I think they're looking good, and I'm happy with it despite you know losing more than they won. Yeah, I mean, I like what I've seen from them. They're like, <clears throat> they uh, they showed consistency in that the, the there was bad in it in that the, their first half starts weren't were consistently bad. Like, unless I think the Phoenix game they started out really well, and Sacramento was I think they didn't really do too well in that. But you know, the Clippers first half was ugly. The the Nuggets first half, I mean, I'm sure they were shell shocked mm-hmm. off the Kemba injury. But um, even before that, they were really bad. The Golden State yeah. first half was ugly. Golden State was I mean, ugly. So Phoenix was probably the only game where we played, you know, forty-eight minutes. Yeah. So I mean, it was it was good to see them show like you know that 
they're always in the game. You know, even with the Denver game last night, they were, you know, it was a three, four-point game, middle of the fourth quarter, pretty much exactly where you thought that game would be. It just turned out we just were in the hole by 19 points, you know, to, to, um, to start it off first. Just didn't have enough steam at the end. But, I mean, I'm very encouraged with what I've seen from this team. I see, like, I could see big things for them, you know, as the season goes on. Agreed. Definitely would say I'm encouraged from what I've seen. Um, we played two of the top Western Conference teams, uh, the Clippers, the Nuggets. So I expected to um, play close games against those teams, and that's exactly what we did. Um, the Sacramento game was a bit of a disappointment. I mean, you obviously expect them to, you know, beat Sacramento, but then right. again, this is a new Celtics team, and you know, this is not a Paul Pierce, KG, Ray Allen, Rondo-led team where you know, hey, hey, this team should beat this team every time that they play. You know, we think that, but they've got a lot of proof this season. So I was encouraged. I was definitely encouraged by the road trip. Some good takeaways. Yeah, for sure. Um, I guess... I don't know, maybe for the sake of uh, entertainment, but I, I guess I'll go in the other direction. Um, particularly when we started off the season 10-1 and one and we're going out west, right? And by this point, Gordon Hayward had broken his hand. You know, you know he's going to be out four to six weeks. And we had played, you know, we, we clearly continued the winning streak without Gordon Hayward, but we hadn't really been tested majorly. Like Our biggest test was that game against Milwaukee, well, even in that game, we got down about 18. But Brutal we came back, again. which the difference between this team and last team is that those leads, those deficits would snowball into bigger deficits. Right. Whereas this year, the hallmark of a Brad Stevens team is that they don't give up and they play hard. Golden State we struggled with. Um, you know, the worst team in the league right now. They got beat by 40 by Dallas the other day, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, we struggled with um, Golden State, but we ultimately won the game. Um, Sacramento we struggled with No De'Aaron Fox um, And They played with us the whole game And you know I don't know if we want Marcus Smart Taking the last shot of the game We'll talk about Marcus Smart a little bit more But you know that fell short And that could have been a 2-0 road trip <coughs> Phoenix was missing Ricky Rubio And that was the that, You know we played a complete game there The Clippers one kind of bothers me Because Even though we were the underdog And you know, there's a silver lining to that game because we did take them to overtime. We did lose by three. I th- I forget what the numbers were, but we got outscored like, you know, 31 to 10 or something like that in the second, in the last six minutes of the fourth quarter in overtime. We had a 10-point lead on them. We were playing well. Like, you have to win that game. Yeah, you I need to win that, that game. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that, that was their first, you know, it was Kawhi and PG's first game together. Okay. We're on the road. Okay. We don't have Gordon, but that's that's just a game that you need to win. And I was kind of satisfied that we played even with them after one quarter. But after one quarter, I think I kind of felt like, all right, we can beat these dudes. Yeah, right. We can beat these dudes, and we were playing well, and we we gave that game up. And then the Denver game, which I I guess you put an asterisk on that because Kimba went down, everyone feared the worst, and... It took the team a couple of minutes to kind of 
you know, maybe like a quarter and a half to kind of get back into the game and start fighting. So I was I was somewhat discouraged by that road trip because we could have went five and zero on that trip. They could have. I mean, and expecting them to is not. I'm not expecting them to, but we had the opportunity, and when the playoffs come, you know, the difference between winning a series and not could be a couple of possessions. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But all that being said, before the season started, I think I said the Celtics would be 10-5 and five after 15 games, and we're 11-4, and four, so pretty close. But, you know, there was a couple of games that we could have lost during the 10-game winning streak. Mm-hmm. The Knicks game, Milwaukee. twice to the Knicks, the Milwaukee game. Yeah. So, you know, it all evens out. But selfishly, the C should have had at least a 4-1 road trip. Denver was the one that I thought would be the toughest. Yeah. At Denver, after five games on the road, you just want to get the hell yeah. back to Boston. But it, 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 was, it, was, it wasn't a bad road trip. But I'll, I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm just splitting hairs here. But I really wanted that Sacramento game. Just the circumstances of that game. Yeah. Like, smart... Mm. He might not be the guy you want taking the last shot, but it was a good look. It it sh- looked like it should have gone, and it just bad luck. It rolled out, uh, and uh, another aspect of that game was Buddy Heald was on fire, playing one of his best games as a pro. And when a guy who shoots as well as he does is shooting like that, like mm-hmm. that's tough to beat. Whether it's Sacramento or whether it's someone on you know the Lakers, the Clippers, mm-hmm. um, doesn't matter how good or bad the team is. When a shooter mm-hmm. like that is that on, like, you're gonna have a tough time winning that game. That that's true. Um, part of me rolled my eyes a little bit when I'm like, all right, Buddy Hield on fire should keep them in the game, but it shouldn't win them the game. Right. If if we're if we're handling business on our end of the court, yeah. Um, but the the way he the way he played in that game, yeah. though, And any time Sacramento, we couldn't go on a run. It, he got it. Yeah, yeah, we couldn't go on a run because seven he seven threes, thirty five yeah. points. And yeah, I mean he, yeah. he shot the lights out the ball, and that shouldn't happen against us when our strength should be our wing defenders, right. and right. plus Marcus Smart. Um, so I mean, and and how how the hell didn't that shot drop against the Kings? It's like. It's the perfect bounce off Florida, hit front rim, went right into the square on the glass, yep. and Sat didn't just fall right in. Fell out and we Adam, before you came, we watched the uh we watched the Larry Bird Red Auerbach uh basketball clinic, an mm. old YouTube video. <laughs> it was that's cool. what cool kids yeah, do on a Saturday night. Yeah, Saturday <laughs> night we're watching Larry Bird and Red on doing teaching us how to shoot. But then what I learned quickly in that video is that the rim is six inches away. From the glass. I don't know how many times Red Auerbach said that. He said that a bunch of times when Larry was demonstrating how to use the glass. Mm-hmm. And Larry Bird didn't miss a shot in the whole instructional <laughs> video. Mark thought it was because of like editing, but I'm like, I don't know. He was just, even when he tried to miss, yeah. when he tried to say how this is how you don't want to shoot the ball, it, went it, still went it was nothing but that. <laughs> but, but the rim is six inches away from the glass. It was like a perfect floater for Marcus Smart. Javante Green tried his damn best to fucking scream it in the root, the rim, but uh, it, it just didn't drop. Um, but I wanted that Clippers game. I really mm. wanted that Clippers game, yeah. and look forward to seeing them back. It felt like a playoff game. It did, yeah. and, and who had the play of the game? And I guess this is a good segue. Marcus Smart had the play of the game in the Clippers game. Mm-hmm. The diving saved the ball off of Kawhi. Marcus Smart had the final shot against... Um, against Sacramento. Um, and I think we could we should spend some time on Marcus Smart because 
I believe he's really evolving into a a good offensive player. Yeah, I was gonna say, dare you say a two way player? A two a two way player. Um, and strangely enough, and I'll kind of get your thoughts on this, Trey. I credit Kyrie with a lot of this because I feel like Marcus learned a lot of little tricks from Kyrie Irving. Just a couple little dribble moves, you know, just how to finish around the basket creatively. And also even Kemba. Kemba gets to the lane and kind of hesitates in the paint. And then he can draw, you know, kind of keep the defender off of him behind them. And then he's pulling up that short jumper and sometimes he's getting fouled from behind. And Marcus Smart has taken bits and pieces from Isaiah, from Kyrie, from Kemba. And he's becoming a two-way player. Um, Dare I say he might be the defensive player of the year candidate. Um, So let's just, I mean, Celtics fans love him. Aside from Taco Fall, he's probably like the most beloved Celtic right now. Starting with the uh, the video at the encore with uh, Jalen, where he was doing the woe and all that, and he's wearing robes to practice, Versace robes to shoot arounds. Um, what do you, let's just talk about Marcus Smart. I, we don't we don't we don't we don't have to keep it structured. Just just go for it. What do you guys think about Marcus Smart? Best thirty six since Big Shaq. <laughs> yeah, since yeah, damn, that was before Marcus Smart. Mm-hmm. That would have to be worst number. Yeah, yeah Shaq. Um, were we undefeated with Shaq in the start as the starting like center? He was, he it was, was here, a really, really he was, good record. He was here longer than Darko, but not by much. Uh, well, he played a lot more games than Darko. But Darko played five minutes and retired. But um, going back to Smart, I mean, man, this guy has improved since his rookie year. He I really mean, has. Defensively, like you talked about defensive player of the year, I mean, I think he's – who else are you going to put above him right he now? He defends all five like, positions. Defends all five positions. We've seen him on Jokic last night. We've seen him make that acrobatic play on – Kawhi, Kawhi the other night. Seen him on Giannis. I mean, the numbers say he's holding opponents to 33% shooting from the field. Like, that's... In this day and age in the league where you can't touch anybody, if you're keeping them to 33%, you're doing something. And it looks like the refs are giving him a little more, you know, than they usually have. As, like, getting away with a little bit, playing a little bit more physical, you know, and that's what, that's what we need from him. He draws charges better than anyone in the league. Yeah, yeah. And, like, you know, you said, one is... When is Brad gonna stop messing around and just name this dude captain? Yeah, I mean, he he, <laughs> he needs to be the captain of the Celtics. I mean, aside from he had the little hiccup last year where he punched uh, the painting in a hotel yeah. room and cut Phoenix. his hands. Yeah. You know, he can be emotional, but he's re- he's like he's matured. He he's really grown into a great player. Like that 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 deal that we signed him to mm-hmm. before last season is a is a steal. Oh yeah, fourteen million a year. Um, and he's not he's not a guy anymore that you can say just does things that don't show up on the stat sheet. Right. Like he's doing things that show up on the stat sheet every night. Um Trey, what's your So essentially he's got the Draymond Green contract. You know what I mean? So the, the previous Draymond The previous okay. Draymond Green contract. So if the Celtics were to build the contender and you figure in Marcus into that, he would have that type of impact, mm-hmm. uh, with con- contractually and his role. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's just been a warrior, um, as expected. Um, I definitely think he's a defensive player of the year candidate. Um, he's up there. Um, he's probably just, leading. Yeah, he's, he's, he's probably the leading defensive player of the year candidate. Yeah. And um, uh, he, he, he got first team all defense last year, um, which I've credited his offense 
to that recognition that he was really becoming a two-way player, so his offense became more valuable. But um, this for a year, while, for a while, Marcus, and as far as shooting, I just always felt like his tough shots, his contested shots were going in. I always have felt like that for like a few years now. Like, mm-hmm. But um, just as far as being able to come into a game and we're down Hayward or even having Hayward mm-hmm. and be able to score 15, mm-hmm. I think that's huge for us. I never came into this year thinking he would be able to consistently give us something <coughs> that I could count on, you know, on offense. So what he's been doing, I really, I really appreciate yeah, I think you said before that, like, you kind of expect them shots to fall now. Yeah. Whereas yeah. And a couple years ago, it's like, oh, come on, oh, Marcus. Now it's, yeah. it was like, no, no, yes. Now it's and like. I think going into your point of him being a two-way player, like, we're seeing the numbers on the screen right now, 35% three-point shooter on seven attempts. like, And it's, it's like you're not cringing anymore at those attempts. Right. And when you look at other numbers, like, you know, offensive win shares, it's his first time in his career where, his offensive win shares are equal in his defensive win shares. So, you know, that's so – yeah. you see the metrics, you see the eye test, you see everything with smart improvement. Yeah. So, His three-point his three point percentage is right around league average, mm-hmm. which we a couple of years ago would think there's no way in hell he'll ever be league average shooting from three. Yeah. And it just – I was surprised when I pull, uh, just pulled it up now to see that he was shooting right around that 35% mark because it mm-hmm. feels like he's shooting a hell of a lot better. Mm-hmm. Uh, from three, uh, and uh, I got some defensive stats uh, that I found on uh, on Twitter. He's shooting and not also just to quickly before you switch to the defense, he's shooting eighty seven percent from the line. Um, he's been able to get to the basket. He's confident. He's playing with confidence on offense. And that's kind of an underlying theme with this team. We talked about it in the last episode with Tatum. Uh, I think with Jalen too. Like these guys are all playing with confidence in the offensive end. He, he's confident with that floater. Um, I mean, unfortunately, Al Horford's gone, but the Al Horford Marcus Smart pick and roll was one of our most reliable plays because Marcus Smart is a really underrated playmaker. I believe he leads the league in assist to turnover ratio. Yeah, he's at um, five and one point one. You know, so so he he's he's definitely the most improved player on the team, um, and you know, thirty one's retired. That's Max thirty two, Mikhail. <laughs> 33, Bird. Let's see where you're going. 34, <laughs> Paul. 35, 35. Reggie. 36. You know, you know I'm just saying, man. I'm just, I ain't saying, I'm just saying, man. Um, Mark is smart. I, I got some defensive numbers, and these are from uh, Tucker Boynton on uh, on Twitter, uh, who is a, uh, a Boston sports person. We're working mm-hmm. in a couple of different places. Um in 2019, Marcus Smart covering Kawhi, 23 possessions, 1 for 7 field goals, 3 points, 1 turnover. Mm. Simmons, 10 possessions, 0 for 2, 0 points, 2 turnovers. Mm. Lowry, 13 possessions, 1 for 1, 3 points, 1 turnover. Mm. Giannis, 17 possessions, 1 for 2, 5 points, 3 turnovers. Mm. Luka, who's arguably the MVP so far, 25 possessions, 1 for 5, 4 points. Booker, 16 possessions, 1 for 2, 2 points. Total, 104 possessions, 5 for 19 field goals, 17 points, 7 turnovers. Against <coughs> really a, a who's who of great players across the league. Wow. And he hasn't got hit in, hit in the nuts in a couple games. <laughs> great. Um, I think, Adam, I think, were we in um, were we in the DR when Smart got drafted? 
might have been. I remember it was draft day. We were like on so. an island somewhere watching, so. like watching the draft either on DR our phone then. or listening on the radio. It had to be um, <laughs> That was the summer after I was trant- chanting draft picks the whole season. <laughs> Instead of defense, I was chanting draft picks. Was, was um, that the year you named our fantasy league Drive for Wiggins? Probably. Yes, <laughs> <Yeah>. it was. <laughs> and going back to that draft, it went Wiggins, Jabari Parker, Embiid. Aaron Exum. Dante Exum. Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon. Smart. Smart. Yep. And then Julius Randle after that. Um, and I'm, I'm ha- I mean, Joel Embiid falling a three. He had the broken foot. Mm-hmm. He had the back thing going on. But Took a red shirt here. Uh-huh. Honestly, I, I would take Marcus Smart over Andrew Wiggins right now. Agreed. I'd take him over Jabari Parker. Um, I still believe in Aaron Gordon. Um, yeah. but I, I'd, I'd still take him. Marcus still, Smart's just a Smart. leader. He, he's, mm-hmm. he, he's, he's a leader. You win um, championships with guys like that. You need guys like that. Um, and I don't know, is there going to be some controversy? There's is, is always controversy no matter what, right? Is it going to be controversy when Gordon comes back and somebody has to go to the bench? I, mean, I think it'll work itself out. Like, just because a guy's coming off the bench doesn't mean he's not playing starter minutes. When I mean, he'll, he'll be in the game and the game's be, on the line in the fourth quarter, time. no doubt. Um, it could be him. It could be Gordon coming off the bench. It could be mm. who, who knows. Um I, mean, I think at the end of the games, our money lineup is Kemba, Smart, Hayward, Tatum, Brown, and that's it. Make yep. the other team adjust. Yeah. So, does Marcus Smart return to a six-man role? I think so. I think so too. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. The Celtics invented the six-man, um, and you can tell he has no problem doing t- yeah, it. Yeah, have, so. having that game changer, young game changer coming off coming off the bench. And being able to guard one through five and finish games is is a luxury that I think, you know, we've taken on the identity of Brad Stevens, but we've also taken on the identity of uh, Marcus Smart. Um, any um, any final thoughts on the sh- should be uh, Celtics captain before we maybe move on? I think uh, I covered everything I got to cover. I had it's just those numbers that I, I read off kind of blew to me away when I saw him. Credit him for the reason why. The need for a big man right now isn't so dire. Just the ability to go small and, and play with Marcus and throw, you know, throw Tice, throw Grant, throw Robert Williams, Canard, a few minutes whenever he gets to. Yeah. Um, but having the luxury of Marcus Smart makes it so that you don't need a elite big right about now. Yeah, he he he's a big reason why you know, like like you said, he he's he's a big reason why no one's you know, you know. Trade rumors are popping up, and the closer that we get to, you know, all the eligible players who can be traded, you know, the closer we get to that deadline, you know, the rumor mill starts. But to this point, he's a major reason why no one's really screaming for for an upgrade um, at the five or the four. Um, so, um, moving on, I guess. Um, what's 15 games in? Um, Adam, what's your what's your biggest surprise through through fifteen games? Um, Celtics, you know, Celtics related, obviously, but I mean, biggest I, surprise. I think the biggest surprise is the only guy from Philly that we actually like in the room, the Philly Bull. Philly Bull, Brad Wanamaker. <laughs> like going into this year, 
we all we we seen him last year and we cringed when he came in. He was he was the either the victory cigar or going into this month. Going into this <laughs> going into this month, correct. Going but, into this podcast. But but hey, <laughs> to be fair, with with Wanamaker, like his November numbers are everything you want from a backup point guard. Yeah. Twenty minutes a game, nine points, four assists, one steal. Shooting fifty six percent from the field, ninety four percent from the line, thirty eight percent from three. Mm-hmm. Like that's a steady presence coming off the bench. The offense doesn't really seem like it suffers too much as long as you know he he stays out the way, doesn't do too much, and just you know brings the ball up the court and gets the gets the gets the offense in in motion. Um, you know he was kind of put under the microscope before the season because we all wanted to see the rookies. We seen Carson yeah. Edwards in college. We seen Trey Wad- Trey Waters dominate the summer league. We're like we want to see these guys. Like, forget Brad Wanamaker. We know he's next year he'll probably be playing in Europe somewhere. Taco. And obviously Taco. But I think, you know, he's he's someone that the more he gets consistent minutes, the more comfortable he's going to get. And he's showing that, with especially with the November we have that he had. And, you know, come last night, we, we seen almost a near comeback against Denver. He was a plus 18 last night. Mm. So. Yeah, Mike said going into this podcast. But, I mean, a couple of games ago, I watched him closely, and I felt I started to feel bad for him about how much shit I was giving him. Cause I'm like, yo, this dude's out there. He, he's he, he's trying. He, he's giving effort. Good job. And Good effort. You know what? And usually, with effort comes results. You know, effort plus opportunity equals success. That's something I was always taught. And he had the opportunity. He put in the effort, but he wasn't seeing the results yet. So, good old Twitter uh, was just killing him. Um, one of our sisters on NBA Twitter, uh, Queen Lambright, she she had an exchange with Marcus Smart. Uh, sorry, Brad Wanamaker, and she told him to have a have a good night. And I was just like, I'm like, damn, you just told Brad Wanamaker to have a good night, like the ultimate passive aggressive insult. And kind of since that game, to Adam's point, he's he's really been playing well. He's been he's been a floor general. Dare I say, um, and I, I am surprised by that. I, um, I I'm surprised by it too. And he's a guy who I have kind of said like there's a spot for him in the league, uh, just because he's had success overseas. He's had success up here where he's been. He just hasn't really got that shot in the league. So I was kind of pro Wanamaker, like getting a look at him, having him in camp, maybe have him be that Shane Larkin role. Uh, but he's had to play more uh, because of circumstances, and he's been pretty consistent um he had a rough stretch in that washington game uh i think he had turnovers on three straight plays Mm -hmm. or three straight possessions one of them they got back on uh after a challenge but um of course i tweet up you know brad wanamaker is a walking turnover and as soon as i do that he like catches fire for five straight games so Mm -hmm. um really happy with him so far so i would say my biggest surprise it's actually Tice. Um, so I agree with you guys on Wanamaker somewhat, but I just thinking about it contextually, you know, last year you had Rozier, you had Kyrie who wasn't going to give up any minutes to Wanamaker. Um, so he wasn't getting any time last year. Um, this year, he's getting a little more opportunity uh, to make things happen off the bench. Um, and feeding off what Adam said, you know, to me it was about you know, playing your rookies, the guys that you drafted, being able to play those guys, give them minutes, and see what you got in those guys. So, you know, coming into the season, I didn't want to necessarily see Brad take their minutes. Um, but my biggest 
surprises Tice. You know, coming into the season, I would have never thought that I couldn't pencil him in any trade. Mm-hmm. But right about now, I find myself keeping him out of trades, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and he's made that big of an impact to where it's it's making you actually question, you know, could you just throw him in a trade, you know, trade for, you know, a big man? No. You actually have to second-guess it because he's he's been playing well on both ends. Yeah. If you trade for a big man now, you want Tice to be the guy to come off the bench to spell that guy. Yeah. I mean, Tice is leading the, tied for lead, leading the team in rebounds with Jalen, leading the team in blocks per game. I mean, he's done his job. I mean, if you have Grant Williams, though, and, and Grant Williams able to step up, yeah. Maybe not could playing, you, not maybe not being your starting center. Could you um, perhaps? Is what I'm saying is, could you perhaps yeah. trade Cantor and Tice? Oh, I mean, Tice. Tice was all, is also my biggest <clears throat> surprise, and the cost to upgrade him doesn't seem to be worth making the trade because if you're gonna move from Tice to, um, you can throw some names out Steven there. Steven Adams, Steven Adams, Clint Capella, um, Tristan Thompson, maybe Tristan Thompson. Um, you know, I, I throw out a, which wouldn't cost you a Tice, but I throw out like a Romeo Langford from Mombamba situation. Um, but for all the guys we mentioned before that, you're going to have to send out significant salary. And we ain't trading Marcus Smart. We nope. just we just no, put his name up in the rafter. No. So that's not happening. You're not trading Jalen. You're not trading Jason. You're not trading Gordon. So what makes sense in order to upgrade from Tice and he's been holding it down he's been pretty consistent he's not he doesn't have like the he always had the Peyton Manning face after all of those fouls like just the <laughs> just the the kind of coolest aw shucks what did I do look um and he and he's 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 fit he fits well into Brad Stevens system um he had a year you know Danny Danny Ainge got him off from Germany he had a year to play and he's really stepped in and has been a pretty solid starting player. I mean, ideally, if he was coming off of the bench, that'd be great. You know, I think half of us, I think two of us said Robert Williams would be starting. I think two of us said Enos Kendra would be starting. Right. And everyone agreed that that uh, Daniel Tice would be coming off of the bench, and he's been he's been he's done an admirable job, admirable job um, at the starting center. And I'll give an honorable mention to Grant Williams. Um, I think we said this before the season. Like he's doing the things that don't show up in the stat sheet. Yeah, setting the right screen at the right time. One thing though is that he's o for the season from three. Ugh. Just I don't I don't think he has he, to he, hit he's, them. Yeah, but he's not he's not even stretching. He's not a stretch because he's not the defense isn't respecting that shot. Right. So he's not opening up the floor. He hasn't hit a three pointer, but he's had some really good blocks. He's made some. He's just made some heads up plays, and I like I like Grant Williams. I'm surprised, and maybe you shouldn't be because was he a junior? Did he come out as a junior or a sophomore? Junior. You know, so usually those guys who've had a couple of years in in college, um, but he's he's been a great addition to the locker room, um, and clearly he's earned the coach's trust to an extent. I think he had his first um, coach's decision DMP against uh, the Clippers. Was it the game before Phoenix? So I think it was Sacramento. Sac- yeah. Oh yeah, okay. Well, you know he had, and we lost. Um, mm-hmm. But but good things happen when he's on the court. So he, he's been a he's been a surprise to me as well. Um, so that's you know that's eleven and four. Those are good signs. Um, so you know we don't want to be. I think we got three homers in <laughs> out of the four of us. Three yeah. quarters of three quarters of us are homers. So what's your biggest 
disappointment. I, I it'd only be right if I started with you, Mark. Yeah, it's biggest the disappointment after fifteen games. It's been a problem with this team for what five years now, and it's still a major, major problem. They go through these cold streaks five minutes, eight minutes, and they can't hit a fucking shot. Yeah. And it drives me wild. It's frustrating. I, it, it happened last night, and last night was, uh, last night you're listening to this whenever, the Denver game, mm-hmm. uh, the last game before yeah. we recorded this. It uh, it was probably the, the worst it's been this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they couldn't hit anything. They were missing layups. They were missing threes. Any I think we went 0 for 18 from three to start the game against the they? Clippers, too. Okay. Yeah, uh, just to, but, to prove your point. But they, but they were, you know, I think the Denver one was worse because they weren't scoring points. Yeah, they weren't getting anything out of yeah. it. Yeah, and uh, you know, in the first quarter, you see Cantor come in. He gets an offensive rebound, puts one back, and you know that's where this guy can really add value to the team because mm-hmm. he can help maybe stop those runs a little bit. But second chance points, right? Those need to go away. They we can't have these. You know, two for eighteen stretches. Mm-hmm. If we want to expect to beat good teams in the playoffs, mm-hmm. um, two that that I mean, I I agree. I I think that the silver lining in that is that this year again we expect them to come back. Yes, like we we expect them, the Celtics, to make their run and make it a game, no matter how poorly we started. I think we felt that way through about fifteen or twenty games last year, and then it just never. Happened, and then after that Clippers game, uh, where they where the Clippers, where we were up by like twenty, and then the Clippers came back and just destroyed us. It was like high twenties. Um, and then the Lakers game where Rondo hit the buzzer beater and we we blew the lead. Um, last year you started to kind of expect things would go from bad to worse. Right. This year we need to clean it up, but at least we know that we don't check out of the game. Right. Um, and we continue to yeah. fight, and that's yeah. a Brad Stevens there's, team. There's that positive piece, but yeah. it's just still. Absolutely wild that they. Oh yeah, it was supposed to be negative. We stay negative. No, no, that's, no, po- no positives in this segment. No right. positives. Yeah, um, hit your damn shots. Yeah. Don't don't go two for eighteen or two for twenty five. Like, just don't do it. Stop it. Hit your damn shots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> my, to to touch on that point, my my biggest disappointment is is our cold spells, but specifically for Kemba Walker in the first half. Mm. I mean, f- for I'm sorry to bring in a little bit of positivity, but. For his second halves, Kemba Walker, ninth in the league in scoring, 14 points a game, shooting 48% for the field, 53 from three, 92 from the line. Like, great, awesome. Like, that's what we got him for. That's what we got him for. His first halves, 7.7 points a game, 31% from the field, 22% from th- from three. Like, I, I think at some point that got to fall on Stevens to get him easier shots, better shots to get him going earlier in the I game. I was going to say, what do you... Are they? What do you attribute that? Are to? they not warming up right? Like it's just this weird yeah, shit. Like, you you used to see know. it in baseball where guys can't get out I mean, of the first inning, then they. I hurt. mean, in the fourth it's, quarter, lots of times the system just goes to the backside and it's like yeah. let's just ball, mm-hmm. and he's just balling. And but I mean, it's the second half. Like those are second half numbers. How how he's top but, ten in the league. But I'm sure those are weighted heavily in the fourth quarter. Um, it's literally seven point four points in the fourth quarter, so he's about seven in the third. Okay. So it's yeah. Like, so I was gonna say it would make sense that you would think the defense would key in on him right. during the fourth quarter. So you would think that that's a time that Tatum and all the other guys need to be the go tos, yeah. and Kemba kind of needs to you know do whatever he needs to do to keep us going. Yeah. That, but 
that would be a good article to write, sort of mm-hmm. breaking that down, the two halves or the two sides of Kemba yeah, so Walker. Me, that's just my disappointment with him is that, you know, with him and probably with Stevens and getting him going, getting him easy shots. So, so the most the most we could disappoint Adam was the <laughs> Kemba Walker's <laughs> first half of a bas- <laughs> yeah. basketball game. I mean, when you're 11 and 4, I mean, there's, it's, there's, it's tough to find some bad some bad things about him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Trey, what, what's disappointing you right now? <laughs> For me, I like the rebounding by committee, but it still kind of bothers me that we don't. I feel like we don't have. Uh, like we got Ennis Cantor for a reason, but he's not really getting to showcase why. And it's agreed. It's right. based on our schedule. That's part of it. Um, you know, injuries. Exactly. Yeah, he was out a bit. Uh, injury as well. Um, so. No, it's not a good sample size, so I can't really call it like a major disappointment. But mm-hmm. I've just been looking to see a little, little more from him, a little more minutes, rebounding. Um, yeah, not, yeah, he'll only get better. It's it's not, not even no, more no, from him. It's just more more second. of him that I want to see because he's not getting the minutes to get those big rebounding numbers. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. he's he's pulling down boards when he's in the game. You know, because coming into this, I thought he would have a you know a niche role, and we would need him. But right about now, if I had to think about it, you know, would would we be all right if we traded him? Probably. Yeah. We'd be fine. Yeah, they would be. Uh, what are you getting back versus what you're giving he, up? He's one of the only players that's given us second chance points. True. Yeah. If there was a per minute stat for that, I'm sure he leads the team. Um, but you know, we he he need, you know that he got off to a slow start after that injury, you know third game of the season, I think, against the Knicks. He missed about a week or two. And it really, that could have been much worse because dude ro- kind of rolled right into his knee, but his leg was implanted. Um, so Ennis Cantor, uh, yeah, he, he we need more from him. Um, could have been the difference in a game, you know, where we've, we're losing, you know, I think we lost the three games out west by a combined eight points. You know, and a guy like Ennis Cantor, who's there for his offense, not his defense, could definitely make a difference in those games. Um, my most disappointing is, I mean, Hayward breaking his hand was very disappointing to me. Um, just he, he was on a roll, playing like the best player on the team, looking like an all-star, and he was confident. Not He was confident in his ankle. He wasn't thinking about it. He was just balling. That was, that was disappointing. But more so in the spirit of the question, Jason Tatum at the rim has been the most disappointing to me. Um, Make a layup. He 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 he, ha- he has to finish, and clearly, this is not an aspect of his game that he he focused on. You know, he focused on the you know the the triple threat. You know, jab, step back, crossover, pull up, and obviously he's made a a, a conscious effort to get to the basket, which is great, but he's not finishing. Um, uh, at least not at a level. Jason Tatum finishing at the rim is the difference between him being a really good player that he is, and he looks like he's headed towards an all-star track, to a best player on a championship team type of player, where he can just get to the basket and finish. Um, and and that's, that's been disappointing to see because he has the potential to do it. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm certain that he'll get there, um, but it's just, you, you just see it. You just, you just see the potential. You just see what he's capable of. And Jalen Brown's not far behind him. Jalen Brown's a much better finisher than Jason Tatum. 
you know, if you had Jalen Tatum, like I said before the podcast, if we had Jalen Tatum, like, we're going to the finals. But, but it, 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 or Robert I, Cantor. Robert, yeah. <laughs> uh, the Turkish Time Lord. Um, you know, I, I, I guess it, relative to what we all expect and see out of Tatum, it's just been kind of disappointing. And, and I, I'm not even talking about, I haven't even gotten to just his two-point shots, which he's shooting an extremely low percentage from two. And that was sort of his go-to shot in college, and it's really just kind of failed him. But I think he kind of like, he's trying to balance the analytics. He's trying to balance sort of what the coaches want him to do, what he's most comfortable doing, and fitting that all into a team game and being the leader. And and at the end of the day, though, he's our closer. Um, and, and he just needs to get better around the rim. If he, if he, if he improves around the rim and um, Jalen Brown improves at the free throw line, you, you you really will see an overall improvement from from the team as a whole. Um, it both of those aspects are essentially do what you're doing. You're getting free points. Like if they if he starts finishing and Jalen starts hitting the free throws and mm-hmm. in opportunities they're already getting, mm-hmm. uh, you can add five points, eight points a game yeah. to their to the team total. And he's I mean he's notorious right now for showing his displeasure with uh, when he doesn't get a call. And he puts his arms in the air, right? Everyone knows that Jason Tatum yeah. throws his arms. But then you also realize how long his fucking arms are. <laughs> like, his arms are ridiculously long. And he's at the basket, and it's like, you just got to get it up there. Like like Red said, man, the, the rim is six inches from the backboard, and you just lay it up. You just get it in there. He needs to watch that. Jason Tatum, watch that video with Larry Bird and Red Auerbach showing you how to make a layup. Um, it'll the help you out. Box is there for a reason. It'll help you out. Um, um, but, yeah, I mean, again, 11-4, and four, um, I think we're doing pretty well. Um, so I guess transitioning, kind of wrapping, you know, biggest disappointment, biggest biggest surprise, what's your biggest takeaway from the first 15 games of the season overall? What's your biggest takeaway? I think we're contenders. That's mine. That's mine, too. <laughs> I agree with that. All right, we're playing this one well. <laughs> no, it, it is, it is. Like, you, you know, you had your questions about how this would all work. And, I mean, we, I think we said that we would see the Seas as, like, top two, three seed in the regular season just yeah. because, you know, we'd be playing together. We had Team Shamrock. You know, I didn't believe in Philly. Um, Milwaukee lost Malcolm Brogdon. It doesn't seem to have a great supporting cast for Giannis, but... We're, we're, we're playing like a team again. We're playing like a Brad Stevens team. And we can compete with anyone. And we've been doing it without Gordon Hayward, we've who's had, looked like an all-star. Had, we've had one game with everyone on our team. Wow. One game. Wow. And it was That's... the game before the San Antonio game. Wow. Including Cantor? Including Cantor. One mm. game. I was going to guess the Philly game, which we lost. Oh, well, Cantor well, got hurt halfway through that one. Okay, yeah, he didn't finish. Just right. waiting for this mini curse to end. Because I'm tired of these injuries. Yeah. You know, if you look around the East, though, um, Toronto's been without Kyle Lowry. Mm-hmm. The Bucks don't have Middleton. Uh, we lost Gordon and, and you know, Hawks. Thank, thank, thank God. You know, I, I, went, I went on a bit of a, a rant on Twitter about praying yesterday. But um, thank God that we don't have to spend a ton of time talking about Kimba Walker's injury. Um I wasn't watching the game when it happened. Um, I got the 
I got the fuck text, <laughs> which is Never so did. bad. If you're if you're on any of our texts, whenever somebody says fuck, it's like what it could be happened? anything. Like I said, it could be a turnover, or it could be someone broke their leg in half. And I was just hoping for the turnover, <laughs> right? But I'm like, man, why is Trey? Why did Trey send this? Like, what the hell is going on? And um, before I saw what actually happened, I saw that Kemba Walker went out on a stretcher. And everyone was shit, was pissed at Semi. Yeah, I'm like, damn, what the fuck did Semi, Semi do? We got a poor Semi. Like, what did he do? Semi didn't do anything. Yeah, wrong. he didn't do anything wrong. It was a loose ball. It was oh, man, and then I I saw the play, and my heart dropped, man. And I I, I I kid you not, I I literally said a prayer for Kemba Walker because it looked like it could be a Marquise Daniels situation mm-hmm. with like it's a stinger, which yeah. he didn't even bump yeah. into somebody like that. Yeah. Marquise Daniels, I think, just he ran into Gortat's chest. And you bruised the spinal cord. Yeah, I mean, what a, what a wall of You know, there was there was legit concerns of like, is Kemba Walker gonna, you know, I walk. I, I was gonna this. say, I hate to say it, Walker, but I saw damn. this. I thought Shazier, Ryan Shazier from the Steelers, mm-hmm. yeah. because he hit the exact same thing. Hit him the same way. Yeah. What was the guy from the Jets? Uh, Dennis Bird. Dennis Bird. He yeah. had the same kind of hit too. That mm-hmm. was in like the early nineties. That was in the the pre trade years. Yep. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, uh, I saw that and. You see him just go limp and hit the ground. Yeah. See, he I did not see that. See, I still haven't seen what happened after. Okay. Like I didn't that they, they, I didn't see him drop to the ground. I didn't see anything. Just I just saw contact. I just he saw the contact. Didn't move. Yeah. And maybe they told him not to, which they I'm should sure, do. Yeah. Um, but he didn't move at all. And then they're saying like concussion symptoms afterwards, but I was worried. <coughs> I was scared. I was worried yeah. because I'm hearing things, and and this is because I follow football, so like we see this happen a lot more in football. Um, I was worried because at no point did anyone in the media or anyone on the Celtics or anyone in PR or Brad Stevens after the game say the word movement. And it freaked me the fuck out because a, being evaluated for a concussion, concussion could be a cover for anything. For sure. And so, like... I started to feel better after I hear like his teammates talking about it, saying, "Yeah, we think he's going to be okay. He avoided injury." Mm-hmm. Woj had uh, tweeted out like the Celtics believe he avoided major injury. Yeah. But for a while, like I'm wondering, like, is this guy going to be able to like yeah. walk again, play with his kids again? Like it had that kind of feel when it happened. And clearly, the team was too because they right. Cause they played like, you know, let's just get the hell out of here and yeah. get back to Boston with Kemba, hopefully. Right. Yeah. Um, it just seemed like they played better after the half when they probably went into the locker room, got a little bit more of an mm-hmm. update than found, we did. Mm-hmm. Found out that he's okay, found you out know. that he's moving. So, Kemba, we know you're listening. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we know you're listening, so get well, man. We know you'll be playing before Kyrie. Get well and um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Somebody if, said if, if Kemba plays, plays Wednesday and Kyrie yeah. doesn't like <laughs> If you if you'll have me play it, do it. I have a source, okay? You, I have a source, source in the TD. Say. I have a my first sources tweet. I have a source in the TD Garden. You know, take that as you will. Um, who told me a couple of weeks ago that the Celtics are going to play the "If You'll Have Me" video? I don't buy it. I don't believe him. I'm like, you got to be crazy. There's no way the C's will play that. He told me there was discussion about it. With him not being in the building, we'll see what happens. They're probably not going to play. Um, and I guess maybe to bury last year's team, but maybe that's the biggest takeaway: no Al, no Kyrie, 
no T. Rosier, no Mook Morris, and Celtics didn't miss a beat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we're not surprised. It's not a surprise to us, but it's a takeaway. Um, so, nice Celtics talk. Let's kind of go around the league if you want. Um, Woj had a Woj bomb today that didn't involve uh, player movement. And that's that the NBA is considering major changes to the NBA schedule. So we're talking about uh, in-season tournament. We're talking about playing games for the playoffs. We're talking about shortening the season from 82 games to 78. Minimum of 78. Minimum of 78, which I don't know how. I guess given the, the play, tournament. The playing games. The playing games are in the tournament potentially could, could, could change how many teams play how many games. But, you know. This is this will be the biggest change to the NBA since since you know since the three point line, and kind of since Steph Curry extended the the game another ten feet beyond the three or point the, line. Or the Lakers rule when they decided the Lakers suck, so let's give them a four game series, uh, a seven game series in the first round. Um, yeah, yeah. So um, I guess I'll start. Um, uh, there's a lot to process with, with all those changes. You know, I'm not an expert in them, but the one thing I do like that I think could work is the idea of reseeding the conference championships. I'm with you. I love that. Where where now the last four teams standing are going to be 1-4, 2-3, regardless of conference. Um, I mean, clearly this is designed because there's an... I there's a thought that the Western Conference is so much more deep than the East, and oh, that changes over time. It's, it looks it, like maybe you can argue maybe the two or three or four best teams in the league are in the West. Yeah, I mean, what if they? I mean, when in the in when they had the in the eighties with you know pre Trey pre all of us, but the Celtics, <laughs> the Pistons, the Sixers, um, the Hawks. You know, the the East was was the dominant conference, right. and then. You know, you know, yeah, the Jordan Bulls, whatever. So, I, I mean, I think that's something that'll correct itself. It goes in cycles, but I like, I do like that idea. I do too. It's, uh, it's something that we really could have used maybe in the early two thousands when you have like the Kings and the Lakers just going absolute wars mm-hmm. uh, in the Western Conference Finals, and then they get, you know, basically the the basketball equivalent of Sixers, a jobber match against Nets. the Sixers. Like, Sixers, yeah, Nets, cur- currently on the court, the Pacers. Nets, yay! Like Pacers, Pacers went to the finals. Yeah. What, the Reggie Miller Pacers? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who the Lakers? Lakers. Was it Lakers? Yeah. Lakers. They actually, I think, they won the most games out of. Except they the Pistons. Won one or two. Yeah, well, Pistons. That team was them. like that team was better than history remembers. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I like that idea of potentially getting two powerhouse teams from the same conference playing in the finals. Mm-hmm. I do. I, I part of me though, I, I like the East West. <coughs> um, Tradition. I, I like the tradition. I don't hate it, but the the idea of, like, if you have the two absolute best teams in the league, and I'd like to see yeah, them in the finals. See and and it'll finals. mix it up a little bit. Like if you saw, a, a Boston Philly final, like that would be awesome. Yeah. 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 I, I. Yeah. If it worked out that way, I'm all for it. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, Trey, I know you mentioned kind of, hey, why not just. One to sixteen, top sixteen teams, regardless of of conference, right? So yeah, I like that idea. Just from the standpoint that the best sixteen teams make it, um, I'm sure it creates some other issues. Um, you got to balance the schedule, right? That's the tough part. Yeah. So like, 
that's a tough part about that that concept. But just just the idea of the best teams making it would I think would be good, beneficial to the NBA. Um, but like you guys are saying, schedule would be a big factor in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I like I like the the um, reseeding at the conference finals. I think it definitely it gives us a chance to see the two best teams in the finals. Um, and I think that's you know that's what you want to see in sports. You want to see the well, two best teams. Of the why finals. not just reseeding the playoffs as a whole? Like you you have your East and West, you know your Bobby top eight, and, and then, then just, just reseed the entire playoffs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, why why wait until the con- I mean, actually, it's it's a good idea, but why wait until the mm-hmm. conference finals? Actually, actually, Miss Buck, hockey doesn't do it anymore, but they used to. Uh, and I liked when the NHL did it. Uh, yeah, an eight seed wins against the one like they're playing the two the next yeah. round, no matter it, where they yeah. fall. Adam, what do you do? You like the MLB playing game? Um, I do, and I actually like the the um the seven through ten to determine. Seven and eight spots, right. like so, I, I like that a lot. Actually, like that's that's pretty cool. It adds some excitement. You get some ratings for games that usually won't get ratings. So, as like, a fan, would you mm-hmm. rather your team get the eighth seed or a lot of lot of uh, more balls in the lottery? I mean, it it depends. If if I have a team that's like been hurt all year and they're finally coming into shape towards the end of the year, kind of like I guess you know. The strike shortening Knicks team, uh, the, those C's, the 2010 the 2010 C's. C's, like a team like that, like the, the I'm all, the I'm all team, yeah, I'm all for Isaiah getting that eight seed. Just like, but if I'm like a young team that we obviously need someone else, and if we get to the eighth mm-hmm. spot, we're gonna get swept in four games, mm-hmm. and it's not even gonna be close. Then yeah, I mean, I, I think it depends on circumstance, but I do like, I do like that. That plan to see who's going to be those last two seeds. It would have. Now, really is that a series though? Or is it one game? It, it has to be one, one game. game. Right. One game. I mean that. That's, that's pretty cool. That's like a game seven. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's pretty cool. For both. All yeah, the and I'm sure. I'm sure the players. I know the players would love it. Like players want that playoff stage. Like if you look at we're looking at last year's standings right there. You got San Antonio playing the Lakers. No, no, oh, it's, so it's, it's, seven, it's seven, eight. Okay, and, uh, and San Antonio nine, nine, playing the Clippers. San Antonio, play, no, no, no. San Antonio playing the gap. Yeah, yeah, the Clippers, Clippers. and then, and then the Kings, the Lakers. Yeah. Then, so the winner of San Antonio Clippers would get the seventeen, seven seed. The loser would play. Kings Lakers. Kings Lakers. Kings Lakers. I think that's for that's the AC. Sick. That that like, I mean I think sick. the owners would like it because owners want those two home playoff games, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Players want that playoff stage, but they, then you have this problem with great TV ratings too for those games. Yeah, mm-hmm. you have the problem with, with purgatory, where mm-hmm. you're in the middle. You got yet yeah, you got the high of the you know of the uh, the eighth seed, and then you come crashing down two weeks later when you're out the playoffs and you don't have a good pick but 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 i will say one there's a lot of reform and two more than ever you can find really good players anywhere in the draft we mm-hmm. talked about jokic yeah. we talked about you know you got Giannis. you know you got players like Kawhi, Kawhi. you know paul george um mm-hmm. yeah you're, you're lots of these players weren't top five picks um and the nba could have really benefited from this last year because they would have had lebron in the playoffs what about the summer tournament i mean summer league's really popular for a ton of reasons it's actually not a summer tournament though no no sorry the 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 in-season tournament Mm -hmm. summer league is popular one because there's not a lot going on there's there's you know major league baseball um you do have some of the rookies but it's a tournament and it's it draws your attention so my first thought was like maybe a pickup, a pickup style tournament in the summer 
may be more uh, attractive than like fitting an in-season tournament. And then we even talked about maybe doing a tournament based on geography where all the players from the Northeast are on one team, all the players from California. You know, based on where you're from, you're teaming up with those guys from where, where you're from and not, you know, just your NBA team. Um, and you have a tournament that way. I just feel like a tournament may be more attractive during the summertime with guys are playing pickup anyways. Um, you hear about all the you hear about all these legendary pickup games that we don't get to see. You know, you get a few like when Jordan Crawford dunked on LeBron, right? And they like destroyed the tapes, um, <laughs> stuff like that. Like you get in the summertime, but the the in season. What, Mark, what do you? I think the, the idea of an in season. I tournament. think the in season tournament is a dumb uh, idea. Actually, can, can I? Is that was that your exact quote on Twitter, or should I find out what? Uh, you can find it. What it's, you said it, on it has fuck in it somewhere. Um, <laughs> Let's my, see. My, how my does it, how like, you really feel? It's it's a mid season tournament. Oh, fucking stupid. Yeah. Yeah. An end season thirty team NBA tournament. That's fucking stupid. Uh, my because my big question is why do times. I care if my team wins that? They win some trophy that doesn't mean shit. They play some extra games. It's gonna get some extra risk of injury, some extra mileage uh, for guys who are gonna go on a run for the trophy that matters at the end of the year. Uh, the only way that I'm in for this is if they... The winning fan base gets a pizza party. Nice. <laughs> I love in. that. Um, sure. <coughs> this got, there's, some, there's some incentive, though. There's some incentive for there's the, gotta be some there's incentive the ninth seed, the, the tenth seed, to fight for yeah. a playoff spot. No, no, but for the in-season tournament, what's the incentive for that? There, there's there's going to be well, some sort of money incentive. To, <coughs> to the 7, 8, 9, 10 seed. Maybe maybe it should be like like the NCAA where you get like a, a a automatic berth from like winning the tournament or something and that's built into the it, it, see that makes it, it interesting. It, now. They're building these end season games into the eighty two, so they're cutting it down from eighty two to seventy eight, mm-hmm. you know. But they're going to incorporate some of these end. But what does games. it mean? So it's going to go back up to eighty two or eighty three. I mean, in Boston, we're not going to give a shit about the Celtics won the end season tournament. Like we yeah, don't, hang. I don't care. You know, so so uh, I'm just that I'm, part I'm trying to figure. I'm out. I'm in if there's novelty to it. Give me play the games outside, right? You so can't do it here because they're talking like from Thanksgiving to early December. But go play, Phoenix? go play a basketball tournament Vegas? at Caesars. Like mm. that would be cool. I'm in for that, and we've seen in a foot. Stadium. Or in a football stadium, I mean, you, you could probably fill it. Yeah, um, we've Baseball. seen we uh, Fenway. W- yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fenway, thirty degrees at Fenway. We <laughs> we have seen how much the outdoor game has helped the NHL. People who aren't hockey fans watch the Winter Classic because it just looks cool on TV. Yeah, right? So true. like, let's do that with the NBA. Let's, there were rumors a couple of years ago of the Celtics playing a game at Fenway, which never happened. Mm-hmm. But like, that would be cool. Who started that rumor? Did I say the Red Sox? I meant the Celtics. No, you said Celtics. Did I say Celtics? Okay, my brain drove me um, um, you know, Give me something like that. So it doesn't necessarily have to be outside, but give me something that makes it yeah. different from just, here's another game and we want to have a, a cash grab. The, I mean, the news just dropped, so I'm sure there will be, especially Monday, once you get your, you know, your round of national television and local radio, I think we'll have a better grasp of the pros and cons of the end season tournament. Um yeah. but but keep sticking with around the league, um what's what's your best who's the best team in the league right now? 
not 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 just from a who not like a power ranking standpoint yeah. like who's playing the best at this moment yeah but overall like who's the best team in the league right now and this is why i think we're contenders is because i thought i heard a celtics but we heard a celtics celtics but we all sat here and we all froze and we're like eh, i don't know when was the last time you there's, could there's do that? There's a lot of parody. Like, I think it's the Clippers. Yeah, yeah, I think it's the Clippers, too. I think it's I'm the Clippers, to... but I don't know that it's the Clippers. I thought so it was just... the Clippers until we played them. It was their first game. Uh, yeah. Um, Kawhi didn't look quite right. The Clippers aren't going to have the best record in the West, but they, they'll be maybe the, the best team coming What scares me about the Clippers is that we don't have the clear advantage when we go to the bench. <laughs> mm-hmm. They can bring guys off of the bench <coughs> just like starters. we can. Starters, yeah. um, and Lou Williams is a problem. Yep. Uh, he's People a problem. assume that Paul George and, and Kawhi Leonard being there, that now Lou Williams is going to take a step back. Mm-hmm. He played the game. He's, he's going to play the Celtics, and he destroyed at, us as if. At the same time, though, if our weakness is, you know, defending the other team's big man, well, they got Ivica, Ivaka Zubak and Trez Harrell. So. They're weak. They're, they don't exploit that weakness right. for us. Um, on the flip side, they do have two really good, you know, two-way players who can defend um, our two-way players. But we have three of them. We have Gordon, Jalen, and Jason. Yeah, but theirs are better than ours. Theirs they are better than ours, but we have more. True. Uh, and we're, they, come playoff time, might be the best team. So like, may, do you want to break by, this up to East-West instead? Or just... I mean, so you say Celtics, you say Clippers. I mean, Mark, you did, you did, you, Banner 18 was your bold prediction. Yeah, and Um, you don't have to be the best team to win the title. Basketball? (laughs) And and, and so so, sort of tying that back into the play-in. Baseball, you can get an upset in the playoffs. It happens all the time. Hockey especially happens all the time. Yep. NFL because it's a not a series and it's one game. There are degrees of upset. It can happen. That, like, um, the best team, like the Pats, like rarely lose. Yeah, I mean, well, but the you, Pats. But just, you get you know, middle of the pack upsets a, a lot in football. You know, the, the historical New England Patriots are just an outlier. You know, they could be down twenty-eight-three in a game and probably come back and win that game. Yeah, guys, um, the audience doesn't know the significance of you throwing that at me yet, so. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, so, we got we got Clippers, Celtics, um, I mean, no one's saying Philly. They're not. No. And that was a popular choice to start the season. No. Um, what about the Lakers? Maybe. Solid maybe. Like, they're, they're, they're good. They're, they are top heavy. But I haven't seen enough, so basically I'm just going off of what I already thought coming into the season. And coming into the season, I just, the Clippers on paper versus the Lakers, I'm taking the Clippers. You know what? You've got two two-way players, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, you got a six-man Lou Will. You, said, you, got you mean Clippers versus candidate. Lakers or, or Celtics versus Clippers or Celtics so I'm just versus like, Lakers? Because we just gave it to the Clippers. I just gave it to the Clippers. Okay, okay. And now we're saying yeah, Lakers. Yeah. I don't see the Lakers being necessarily on the level of the Clippers just yet. They don't have um, the they don't have not. the wing play. Right. They have Anthony Davis, so they have to, right. you know, they have to match up. Yeah. Are the Jazz so, are the Jazz still Spursy? The Jazz are jazzy. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I want to change my answer. I think Denver's the best team in the league. They really? are deep as hell. Not won't dispute and that they're deep. They uh. Jokic is what top five player, top eight player. You know what? And Jokic Jamal, is a great Jamal, fantasy player. Jamal Murray is it's a great offense. Outstanding. Watch, watching Jokic though, 
He's not there defensively. He's yeah. just he's an offensive player. He's lazy. The, the I, I, I'm is, just like man. The the one thing I don't <laughs> like watching Jokic is I just think to myself, how much better would he be if he never shot a three again? Or if he got in because shape. he can't make mm-hmm. them. How much better would he be if he got in shape? He's he'd be sick. Uh-huh. He's not cut, but he's in so, shape. It's like you sound like my friends when they play basketball. Pick up with me. How much better would Trey be if he if got he in was, shape? If he was in shape. <laughs> Makes some good plays in time, some nice little passes. So, yeah, so, no yeah, yo, yeah, you, so you, Trey uh, Waters hitting the jumper. Yeah. Are you like Brad Wanamaker out there? Are you like, <laughs> <laughs> what's your, what's your comp, what's your comp on the, on the pickup court? Um, so I guess this year is the year of dynamic duos. So quickly, like, can we come up with a consensus of like, Ranking the dynamic duels. I mean, there was a graphic that went up that had Tatum and Brown with the highest plus minus of all of the prominent dynamic duels. Mm-hmm. Not saying that they'd be better. So you have you have Paul George and Kawhi, yep. which I think we probably agree is number one. Yeah, I got them two. Oh, LeBron and AD. I got them one. Mm-hmm. Um, Russ and Russ and James Harden. I don't like it. I just don't think it's. I still don't think it's gonna work. We talked about it, and I think the first episode. I just don't um, see it. They're regular season team. Yeah, and I just I don't. Harden's Harden's incredible. I just don't love Russ as a player. He's fantastic. He's very very good, but he's just not my kind of guy. Like my kind of player. He, he's the first three quarter type. Of he's guy. he is a shit shooter. Ben, he is a bad shooter. Ben and JoJo. Ben and JoJo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> ben Ben. Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. JoJo. Ben and JoJo. I got to get Philly sports guy on the pod soon. Um, he was horrified when I told him the Philly needs to trade Joel Embiid. Um, Ooh, we have Jokic and Murray. Is that the Denver? Jokic and Murray. I really like that one. I really like that one. I hate them. I'm a Maybe because we just big, played them last night. Yeah, I'm a big Murray guy. So. Um, Luca and anyone else on Dallas? Luca and KP. <laughs> When KP, when KP gets his legs under him, Dallas yeah. could be a pretty good team. I'm interested to see where De- where Denver finishes. Tra- Trey and Collins? Who's, who's the dynamic duo on the Celtics? Is it Jalen Jason? Is it Kemba Jalen? I mean, is it Kemba Jason? Kemba Hayward. Is it Gordon Kemba? Marcus? I mean, Marcus I think, and Brad? I think it's Tatum and Hayward. If you're thinking in terms of the true best fourth guys, quarter closer, or, I damn, think this, it was the worst possible time for Gordon to get hurt. Man, it because was. We're, we're back to the conversations that we were having last year where he was really just, he arrived. And it's, it's unfortunate, but it'll be, it should be a pretty good Christmas gift for us. Um, so I think Jalen's shown he doesn't need to be part of the duo. He can, he can get his... At any point of the game, first, second, third, fourth quarter, and he can put some points up, do some things in transition, get easy buckets. He doesn't need to necessarily stake his claim as part of the duel. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. that's for Tatum, and I think oh. that's for Hayward. Kemba should be in that, but because of kind of an inability with size to get his shot off, yeah. I don't expect him to be. Kyrie and KD, the, the yeah, or, or Kyrie and Kyrie. The two sides of Kyrie. <laughs> My hot take, man. I said they'll never play a game together. Um, Jackie Mack already had her article. Stephen A. dropped his little tidbits about um, issues with Kyrie in Brooklyn. And he's skipping a road trip to Manhattan. 
Um, <laughs> yeah. Boston and Cleveland. Uh, but I digress. City Unis. I mean, we uh, should probably start with the Celtics, right? One one word. One word to describe the Celtics city uniforms. Meh. Blah. Weird. Terrible. Um, it's terrible. I hate them. Yeah, they're, they're okay. I like, hate them. I like the color. I, I like the <laughs> idea I of them. I like the font where it says... I can't remember if it says Boston or Celtics, but I like the font of that. I think it says Boston. Right? The numbers, it says Boston. The numbers look weird. The numbers yeah. are too skinny. It looks like but when they, they were creating the concept in whatever f- program they use, they didn't hit bold on the numbers. And then they printed it out and they made the shirts. Like Those it, those jerseys were brought to you by the Erie Pub. They, <laughs> yeah, that's true. They're, they're, they're this, uh, we, we called them uh, earlier the Southie City Edition. Goodness. like I mean, I've, I really thought that the Shamrock and the name Celtics was Irish enough, but they had to take it to another <laughs> level um, and go with the Celtic font. Um, I just, I mean, they're better than Enos Cantor's flip phone showed them to be, but <laughs> yeah, I, they're so bad. Just They I, were uh, like turquoise. I wouldn't buy one. So. What are the best ones? What are the best ones? We had them up on the um, Section 5 studio the one, screen. The one I seen that I really liked was the Pacers. I like that one too. Yeah, yeah, I like the Pacers. Um, um, I like the Pacers ones where they had just like uh, I'm not even gonna get into that because um, I can't describe it uh, yeah. over over the pod. Um, um, the Mavs one, one that's kind of controversial is the Mavs. I really like it. it one of my favorites. Those look like I mean graffiti. I don't. It's graffiti in Dallas. It's on what they were going go together for. in my mind. Going, they were going for. For uh, for an artistic look, it is artistic. Trey said, "You said it does look cartoonish, and it kind of does, but that's okay. It's, it's like a mural. See, they had to I stand like it. Chris Stapp, Porzingis in front of that wall to, for people to get the concept of what it what they're going for. I mean, clearly it looks like graffiti, but because if they just had that's him more like that East Coast. On, that's like an East Coast thing. I think a lot of people not would like dislike. Dallas I Nuggets. Know, I, I like it. The Nuggets ones I like. <laughs> Good Jokic. <laughs> I'm a gonna big, drop I'm a, a triple double on you in this sleep. I'm a big fan of black jerseys. Jersey I, this may not translate well over the pod because unless you're looking at these jerseys with us, um, you don't know what we're talking about. But the the Clippers ones are terrible. The Clippers ones look like they ripped off the Nets with the, the Nets newspaper. They got the newspaper font. It looks like Graham Grant. Grand Theft Auto. Yes, uh, yeah. Don't mind the fonts. The, same the font's race. okay, but and it's like, never a good sign when you have more than one basketball. Finish your finish <laughs> your damn design. Like add some color. The Lakers kind of pay homage to the. I saw some uh, old school pictures of a. Uh, all-Star game in, in L.A. in, like, the 60s or 70s. Yeah, those I like, like the stars those. on it. Those, those get a pass. Cream game. City. The Cream City ones are Cream City. They're, they're among the worst. Um, Cash lose everything around me. We, uh, I like those Orlando ones. I love the black Orlando and orange ones. They're they're among my favorites. I love. Oh. I'm all in on anything orange, but those are those are nice. I I, I hate Philly, but I like the six. Phillies are nice. I'm it a, sucker. I'm a sucker for cursive. The whole city. It's got the Liberty Bell on the waist. Like those are nice. I'm a sucker for cursive. Um, distinguished cursive. Haven't the Blazers worn those jerseys like every year? Yeah, yeah the Rip City ones. I mean, yeah. Rip City. They got a lot of nice jerseys. Sat town. I I like the Wizards. I like <laughs> simple yet. I look at IT with that beautiful smile. I like that. Uh, <laughs> I like that DC logo. I like the simple. So like those, yet. Get a, those get a pass for me. I, I like those Clippers one. I like red, white, and blue too. Um, the Bulls. I 
I like the idea. I don't like the Bulls wearing that collar. I know we just all kind of fond over the Magic ones, and lo- we all love those, but they. I don't like when a team completely changes their colors yeah. well, for it. So like, I don't those are Clippers those colors. colors. Uh, again, this yeah. this doesn't translate as well over audio because. You're not looking at it with us, but the, right, but the thing is, like, they, it's a big story. People they kind of, they so. kind of. At least we all know what the Celtics ones look like. Man, uh I forget what the adjective black. <laughs> I said terrible. Fan, I think black. emojis. I had the trash emojis. Like, come on, Celtics. Like, do do better. Do better. At have to say Dorchester on. The at least they don't have sleeves. The gas tank. Have the gas tank. That gas tank one was an abomination. You know, <laughs> so stupid. Have some yeah. guy punching some guy in the face in front of like. I was thinking Sully's, like I don't think a gas Sully's tank is, should be what Boston represents. Uh, <laughs> I saw one with like you know the big uh, the big fortress building with the chain uh, alongside the highway. Marcus Smart <laughs> should wear that one. Just, Just Marcus. <laughs> um, but uh, the T. We just, they just have the T. Uh, just. Piss everybody and, off. And that explains why the Celtics Zaykum. only play half the game. They should make a, a jersey with the Zakem at the top. With the Zake? Um, Some historical Boston building. Yeah, yeah. Um, I said we should have one for each neighborhood. A Dorchester one, a Roslindale, Roxbury. That would make more sense. We have, we have a Southie one. We definitely have a Southie uh, one. But just, uh, those are just terrible. Again, they just... The Aerie Pub specials. Um, I, don't, I don't mind. All right, guys. We got to land this plane. We got to take this baby home. Um, Trey wants to talk about Carmelo Anthony. Um, oh, shit. I forgot about this. Let's do it. I, I want to admit, don't, I, I'm going to leave this. I'm going to let Mark and Trey duke this one out. But I, I remember I had a tweet that said, Melo and Rondo and love. Oh, my. And that was like... <laughs> <laughs> that did not happen. <laughs> Melo and Rondo in love. Oh my! And that um, happened around the time of the handshake. That was right. Of, that was right after the handshake. Um, so at once upon, I mean, that was granted. That was like five years ago. But Melo's back. Um, Trey, here's your. You got. You got. Go for it. So basically, he's been labeled the problem everywhere he goes. I just think that he is deserving of a roster spot on a team. See what he can do, you know, at this stage of his career. Um, so I'm not trying to hear, like, any any argument against that. Like, clearly the dude can play decent enough to earn a roster spot for 30 teams in the NBA. Like, can he? Like, look at any of it. Right. We'll, we'll, you'll admit, he doesn't play defense, right? Yes. Okay. That's n- not even my problem with him. I'm a canter guy, so obviously that's not my problem with him. My problem is he is not a good scorer. He'll score volume points. He was a volume scorer in his prime. Now he's old. He's a step slower. He can't shoot. He's shooting. Uh, he shot 33% in his last game, 5 for 15 and 0 for 8 from 3. Like That's what you're getting from this dude. He shot 4, uh, four for 14 with 5 turnovers in his first game. Like. Okay, I will concede he should be in the NBA. He should be getting five minutes a night. He played 34 minutes. Like, what in the hell makes you think that this dude who has shot below league average in every single metric for the last two years should get 34 minutes in a goddamn NBA game? See, I'm with you on that. There's nothing I can dispute for that. He set himself up bad, you know, coming into this season with Portland, and he's the starter. 
Um, he hasn't been able to shed that narrative that he wants to be the starter, that he's, he's stuck on being the starter. And now that the opportunity comes to finally just come off the bench and shed that, some injuries, whatever's happening in Portland, he's going to be the starter. And they're already losing, um, coming into signing him. And so they probably will continue to lose somewhat. Um, I just don't think that they're a bad team he right impacts now. winning one way or another necessarily. I don't, but he should not be out of the league. Yeah, he I, deserves the spot. I'll concede that I don't think he should be out of the league, but he's everybody was going nuts. There was some random Twitter account out there saying Carmelo would be the ex best player on this team. They put up the Celtics and but he'd be the second best player. Like each shit, he'd be the fourteenth best player. I mean, no disrespect to Paul Pierce, but if Paul Pierce can stay in this league and the last two years of his career and, and he can play and even come on the court for five, ten minutes, so can Melo. Yeah. But Pierce is a better shooter, though. Like, Melo can't shoot. No. Melo shot 32% from three with Houston last year. Uh, he played 30 minutes a game, and he was shooting 6.4 threes at well below league average. Like, if that guy's shooting threes at that rate, he's hurting your team. He's doing nothing but making your team worse by being out there. But then again, what did you say that Melo does? He has to have the ball in his hands, and, and he's a scorer. So if you have Harden and you have CP3, that was never going to work. No, it, it, it wasn't going to work, but like the year before, he, he didn't shoot well either. He shot, he shot better from three, but he shot 40% in 78 games with OKC. Like, that's that's, that's been my joke. whole argument. Throw, throw OKC out the window. Throw... Throw the Rockets out the window and give him another chance. And see, I mean, two two years. Years. He, was, he was excellent when he, he was borderline excellent when he was 27. Yeah, but he's like throughout those last two years. Who's a better player right now, Gallinari or Melo? Gallinari. Come on. Man, that trade back in the day, Gallinari. Uh, who was it? Mozgov, Felton, uh, Felton uh, Wilson, Chandler picks. Um, all I gotta say about Melo is Ice Cube, get on the phone. Big three MVP. Um, big three MVP, Carmelo. Melo still doesn't he is, know he how to cut agent to the basket. Um, he still hasn't figured it out. Paul Pierce learned a long time ago how to cut to the basket. Melo's still figuring that out. Like he's thirty five. Is he gonna figure anything out? <laughs> like, but um, the book is the book is closed on this guy. Like he is what he is. All right, the bell has rung. It's a tie. Uh, <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks for listening to episode seven. Um, next up, Celtics are back at home for a little extended homestand. Maybe Kemba will be back before Kyrie. Uh, we appreciate you listening. Please go rate, subscribe, like, review, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram. Um, appreciate you listening, and we'll be back soon for Episode 8. Later. Peace.